Now, for those of you who are royalists, I trust that you've come down to earth following the crowning of King Charles. And for anyone who's not a royalist, I trust you've had a good week now that many of the people around you have come back to earth. Now, this morning, we meet to praise and worship Jesus, our King in heaven. Psalm 36, verses 5 to 10. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, your justice like the great deep. O Lord, you preserve both man and beast. How priceless is your unfailing love. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Continue your love to those who know you. Your righteousness to the upright in heart. Acts 17, 22 to 34 from the Good News Bible. Paul stood up in front of the city council and said, I see that in every way you Athenians are very religious. For as I walked through your city and looked at the places where you worship, I found an altar on which is written to an unknown God. That which you worship then, even though you do not know it, is what I now proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it, is Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in man-made temples, nor does he need anything that we can supply by working for him, since it is he himself who gives life and breath and everything else to everyone. From one man he created all races of mankind and made them live throughout the whole earth. He himself fixed beforehand the exact times and the limits of the places where they would live. He did this so that they would look for him and perhaps find him as they felt about for him. Yet God is actually not far from any one of us, as someone has said, in him we live and move and exist. It is as some of your poets have said, we too are his children. Since we are God's children, we should not suppose that it is his nature, anything it is not in his nature anything like an image or gold or silver or stone shaped by the art and skill of man. God has overlooked the times when people did not know him, but now he commands all of them everywhere to turn away from their evil ways. For he has fixed a day in which he will judge the whole world with justice by means of a man he has chosen. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising that man from death. When they heard Paul speak about the raising from death, some of them made fun of him, but others said, we want to hear you speak about this again. And so Paul left the meeting. Some men joined him and believed, among whom was Dionysus, a member of the council, 
There was also a woman named Damaris and some other people. Barry has just told us part of his history and about the changes that have happened in the last 60 years. I think we can all look back and see the way that our country has changed. There's not so many strong junior churches around in, in the Methodist church or, or many churches. Uh, the message is still the same. It's still the wondrous cross on which Jesus died for us. But today, perhaps our, our world has moved on and then we say moved on, we got Zoom and we got computers, but perhaps we haven't moved on as far as we think. Maybe if we look at where Paul found himself in Athens in our second reading this morning from Acts, he was traveling around spreading the news of Jesus's death and resurrection to Jews and anyone else who had listened at the places he visited. There were established Jewish churches and communities and they were strong and vibrant but he was also speaking to anybody who would listen and Barry was saying that we he had tourist services in the afternoons uh, to anybody who would listen they didn't necessarily have to be Methodists so here we have Paul in a country where people had many different faiths they had shrines to very many different gods, Greek gods and shrines. It was surrounded to people who were eager to discuss philosophy. They would talk about different gods. They would talk about different ideas. And that's a bit like the world we find ourselves in today. And as Paul looked around, there were many shrines and effigies or symbols. He couldn't really miss them. But Paul became distressed by seeing so many gods and knowing that people were following and worshipping these images. And yet they had one that was marked to the unknown God. And he said, this is the God I've come to tell you about. This God who is the true creator God, above all, who has created all, is not a created being, a created God, an idol. But people were searching and they were willing to talk. There are two groups of people mentioned particularly in here. One's called the Epicureans. And the Epicureans were a group of people who believed that everything was by chance. A bit like modern evolution. Except, of course, you can't have cause and effect if you believe just in chance. So when you burn hydrogen and oxygen you get water but maybe sometime you get a, a cream cake or or a, or, a, or a banana uh no it it's not pure chance but this is what they believed everything just happened by chance death was the end of things there was no life after death and god was very remote and disinterested in what they got up to and so they only sought pleasure in life so this is one group of people that paul was speaking to the other main group that was is mentioned is, is a group called the Stoics. And they were a lot of philosophers uh, and they loved to talk. Uh, they believed everything was of God. God was in everything. Uh, God was spirit. 
and in everything and every person gives them life. But when they died, that spirit, that spark of life left them and returned to God. Everything was God's will. And there was nothing you could do about it. So as the expression goes, man up and get on with life. But basically, fatalism, everything was of God and you couldn't do anything. God, God wasn't interested. So that's the two main groups that, that Paul was speaking to. And he talks to them and he meets them. And he goes to a place called the Aeropagas. It's, 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 in, it's in the passage we read. And this is a, a court of about 30 people who were the top officials in Athens at the time. And they looked after the law of the land and regulated people's morals. Um, they defined what was permitted and acceptable and what was not permitted and acceptable in the society of the day. And this is where Paul spoke to them. He speaks to these officials about Jesus. Jesus is coming from heaven, his death and his resurrection. Paul told them that there is only one true God. This was his message, the creator of the universe who needs no man-made idols or shrines to live in. God is the creator and sustainer of life. God created humankind in Adam and from Adam, all of humanity has grown. God wants people to search for him and to find him. But God is spirit and has no bodily form. And we live and exist in God. Our existence is linked to God's spirit and we cannot exist apart from God. God's life-giving breath is in all of creation. So you can see there are parallels between Paul's message. It overlapped what the people already thought. And Paul goes on to tell them about Jesus, that we will be judged by what we do. And then the passage moves quickly on. But I guess that Paul spoke a lot more than is recorded in, in Acts. He probably told them about Jesus's birth to Mary and his life and death on the cross. Jesus as God's son, sacrificing himself for our sins to make us right with God. And the proof of the argument being that Jesus has risen from the dead. Paul spoke to these people about the unknown God that was written on, on one of their shrines. Paul starts to speak at the place they are at. And he spoke to people who had no faith in Jesus, but were interested in God. Paul began with what they believed and added to what they already knew. Paul didn't say they were wrong. He didn't belittle their beliefs. They were free to believe what they chose to believe. But Paul reasoned with them and introduced new ideas and thoughts about God's, God to persuade them that they needed to move on drawing them on from their current beliefs to a knowledge of God's plan for humanity as outlined in scripture and enacted in the death, life and resurrection of Jesus. He told them about God's love and forgiveness and their need for repentance and trusting in Jesus. And that's what we need to do today to the people around us. We have the same mission as Paul. Now, their response, the response of the people hearing Paul, were perhaps like many we come across today. Some people were interested and wanted to know more. Some scoffed and wanted Paul out of their lives. Some just ignored him. 
when we read the New Testament, it can sometimes seem like it's all action with thousands of people responding to the disciples preaching. But here we see in Acts, Paul in Athens, not making much progress and facing a world that we can recognize today. So what for us? We need to preserve, persevere in telling others about God's love in Jesus. For those who are interested, we need to be ready to talk to them, discuss their questions and allow them to explore the Bible in more detail and help them to come to know Jesus as their saviour, lord and master. So anyone who's interested, get in touch with the church, go to church, meet and discuss the details of God's good news in Jesus Christ. Make up your own mind. Resist the temptation just to talk. Decide if Jesus is the king you will swear allegiance to and follow for the rest of your life, as many did to our King Charles in Westminster last week. Amen. glory of the risen Lord who can compare with the beauty of the Lord forever he will be the Lamb upon the throne I glad adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Teambridge Methodist Circuit Coastal Section. Full videos can be viewed on their YouTube channel. 
Music is taken from worship audio tracks, all rights reserved. <laughs>